Hey everybody, welcome here. I'm Lauren. And I'm Mitchell. And this is the Purpose Kitchen Pod. All right. Episode four? Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Almost at five. That is awesome. And today we are talking all things habits. Habits. We have both read books, two different books that are about habits. Yep. And they inspired this podcast. Yeah. We often talk about habits anyways, I think, in our day-to-day, you and I. Yeah. I think it's like comes up pretty regularly. Some good habits, bad habits. And like the book that the book that I read about habits, I read a little bit before you read your book about yeah. habits. And then when you were reading it, I was like, whoa, there's like so many of the same like principles in them. Uh, and then when we were talking about it, we were like, how can we like harness the power of habit? Right. to live our best lives totally and i think uh this book is great for people who maybe you have habits bad habits that they want to break or good habits that they just want to keep around yep so. and maybe even like ways um maybe even habits you didn't even know were habits right you know? that you do without without knowing yeah. or acknowledging it and i guess even like or i guess like in realizing the habits that you didn't even know were habits even being more mindful about them can give them more meaning Totally. So the book that I read was called Atomic Habits. The book that I read was called The Power of Habit. And both great books. Yeah. If you want to check them out, you should. Who wrote your book? James Clear wrote my book. Nice. Do you know who wrote yours? His first name's Charles. Last name, Dunhig. Uh... Duhig? Duhig. Charles Duhig. Oh, okay. Duhig. Duhig. D-U-H-I-G. <laughs> that word. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, if you want to check them out, you should. I think Atomic Habits got a lot of... Um, Clout. Yeah, a, a lot of attention this past year. Uh, I think I just found mine at Costco, but anyways. Oh, fun fact. I am recently a Plum Points member. Yes, Mitchell and I went to Chapters a couple weekends ago, and he's like, why don't we do this more often? It's such a cool place. It was an awesome date. It was an awesome date. We got pizza. Yeah, such good pizza. We had a good walk. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Now that the weather's getting warmer. Lauren was telling me what all of her plum points she gets, and I was like, I want to get plum points. Yeah, I went through a phase where I was buying a lot of books, so it just made sense. And then you were getting like $10 off, $5 off, or whatever using your points so that was always a su- nice surprise when you go to buy a book they're like you want to redeem your points yeah and i was always buying books off amazon but like, what a way better experience like actually going to a bookstore it's way better yeah mitchell likes to buy things online and then it just shows but his door and weird fact for mitchell he doesn't track the packages that he buys who does that i just feel like it doesn't change anything you know yeah, i can't you can't like- change It's like Christmas morning, you know it's coming, and you're like, yes, it's here. Yeah, it is a bit, like, I see what Lauren's saying, though, because oftentimes I'll know, like, I'm like, okay, well, it's been, like, two weeks, so I'll just go to the mailbox, like, every day for a week, and she's like, why don't you just track it? Yeah, like, they give you a tracking number. Like, track your package. Yeah, I just, like, you know, I just live for the the unknown. It's actually not true. I get really anxious about unknown things, but... So, 
here I have written down, I wrote down some notes just so I wouldn't forget, that it's important to start with focusing on the small habits before jumping big. So make yep. a small goal that you know that you can succeed in. It's all about confidence. You got to start small and build your way, which I think everyone knows that already. Some people don't. Some people are like, ah, oh, I have this goal and I just tried like the hardest thing ever and I failed. And it's like, well, yeah, it's probably going to happen, you know? Yeah. Road to success is full of failure. <laughs> it's very cheesy. Um, but this really cool thing in this book they talk, they talk about is um, it's called a tiny habits program. So, for example, it would be after I current habit, I will new habit. So you're supposed to take your current habit and build off of it. So, for example, let's say you are really bad at checking your phone. That's the first thing you do in the morning and you want to stop. So maybe it's after I wake up, I immediately brush my teeth or something. Or instead of I will drink my coffee before I check my phone. So tiny habits, starting small. And then working your way up. Yeah. Yeah. So a part of, I guess, these small habits is you got to know how habits are created in the first place. Um, so in the book that I read, The Power of Habit, he kind of identifies the, ha the habit loop, which is a cue, a routine, and a reward. Um, so a cue is like an indicator that tells your brain to go into autopilot. Routines are the emotional, mental, mental, and physical responses to those cues, and the reward functions to indicate to your brain whether to keep this sequence or not. So over time, this cycle becomes a habit. And so this guy, Charles Duhigg, um, he explains that, and I quote here, to change a habit, you must keep the old cue and deliver the old reward, but inset a new routine, end quote. So what happens when you create a new habit um, is that instead of just wanting something, when a routine becomes a habit, your brain begins to crave that thing. And so in the habit cycle, your brain anticipates the reward when it sees the cue, which creates a craving. So before you even get the thing that you crave, your brain is anticipating the feeling of the reward. And that's kind of like how cravings work um, and how habits work. So for there's lots of examples of this if you think about like bad habits or even good habits. Um, even if you think about like vegan chicken fingers, you know, um, or unhealthy foods, right? Like, you know, it tastes good. And so like when you see it, you're craving it before you've even touched it. And the cue is like seeing it. The routine is just picking it up and eating it. You don't even think about it right. because your brain begins to crave it. And so it's like you've been like, I'm, I see this really good thing. I'm just going to eat it. And the reward is that good taste. Um, yeah, and that's why they really encourage that if you do want to break a habit or create a new habit, you change your environment, so you change your space. So whether that's like, yeah, maybe you have junk food in your pantry, well, you change that environment of your pantry, which will help with changing your bad habits, right? So if you open a pantry, it's filled with junk food, well, of course, you're going to see it and you're going to crave it because that's just human nature. But you change it to healthy food, you're going to open your pantry, and now that's kind of creating a new habit to eat healthy food because it's there and you see it. Yeah, that's true too. That's a good thing even to think about is like changing your pantry is like changing your cue, right? Like right. if you don't even see the cue in the first place, it becomes a lot more hard to go into that like autopilot mode of, of eating that bag of chips after work or, or whenever you eat chips. Yeah, totally. And they also talk about how it's important to 
be with a group that has the same similar desires as you or their behaviors are considered your normal behaviors because the people that you desire to be is the people you should surround yourself with. And that helps you create better habits. Yeah, that's what we were talking about even today. Uh, I was explaining to Lauren about this teacher that I really didn't like. Um, that's a whole other thing. But he did say one thing in grade nine. I remember he said one thing that stuck with me. And he said that, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, and he was just saying how he had heard it from someone. Maybe it's like a quote. Maybe. You know, dad say, I don't know. Yeah. But he was saying that like the people you surround yourself with, I guess like, I guess they, it's like a tell of where you're kind of at in your life right? and your interests and your desires. Like it's pretty, it's pretty rare that you hang out with a group of people that all hate the things you love. Right. Right. And so. But then they say that the people that you surround yourself with, you often want to impress. Right. So you're trying to be a lot of times like as humans, we just want to impress people. I think it's just in our na- natural nature. And they say they talk about that we tend to take on habits that are dependent on the type of culture that we live in. So those habits that are praised and approved by the ones we surround ourselves with because we have a desire to fit in and belong to a tribe or a group of people or a profession. I guess. Totally, yeah, that makes sense. Even like I was talking to this like retired cop the other day and he was like, a lot of cops only hang out with cops. And he said that he tried really hard to not do that and how grateful he is to be in environments where he has like a diverse set of like perspectives mm-hmm. and views. And he told me that he thinks um, it just makes him more, more open-minded. Oddly enough, though, in the setting that we were in, he made some pretty uh, prejudiced comments. But that's, you know, that's a whole other <laughs> thing also. That is a whole other thing. One thing we, we even talked about also was, was networking. Mm-hmm. Like the, the privilege of being able to be in networks that provide opportunity. Right. Yeah, we, I don't know, you know, we were kind of talking about the things that we've benefited from because of the people we know and how like sometimes it can be difficult to get out of bad habits if you're surrounded by environments that are, are not good for your well-being, but maybe there's not a lot you can do to get out of that environment. Not everyone has the same opportunities. Um, yeah, no, I guess not everyone has the same opportunities to succeed and not everyone grows up around other people who can give them opportunity. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about like, like we went to a private high school and we benefited a lot with the connections that we formed there, like in our own professional lives, like job opportunities or whatever. And I said, I remember saying to Mitchell, like this was even before we started dating, like would you send your kids to a private school? And I was like, because in that moment, I was like, I don't really think I would. Like, I don't know. Like, it was great. Like, I had, I made great friends. I had a great time. But I just don't see, like, what the difference really was. And then you were, I remember you being like, yeah, but just think of, like, at that age, you're kind of networking for yourself. Like, the the parents that you're meeting from those kids or whatever can benefit your future. And I remember, like, being like, whoa, yeah, that's so true. Because I got, like, two of my jobs through a friend's parent that I met, you know? Almost all the jobs I've had have been from friends' parents, either like, yeah, total nepotism, like emailing someone and saying like, hey, you know, this guy's applying. So either to look out for the resume or whatever, but also not fair. 
No, definitely not fair. And but. it's also like, that's why a lot of people say, a lot of people think that's one of the reasons you should get rid of private schools is because it, it creates an unequal playing field. But that's also another topic for another time. <laughs> yeah. What about the bad thought habits? Oh, yeah. So we were just talking before we started the podcast about a lot of times people think habits as goal oriented like the way to break a habit the way to get a habit is all for a purpose of a goal when you want to make a habit a lot of the times it has it's more like for the productive aspect of your life right is to break a habit maybe to be more healthy or to gain a habit to maybe get ahead in life or whatever but i don't think many people talk about like the mental habits and like the thought habits in your brain and I think that that's, I don't know, I think that's super important. Yeah. Because if you break those thought habits that maybe are negative, that's how you can succeed in your goals, maybe in your productive side of your life. Totally. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that you're totally right. I think that one thing that was really beneficial for me was uh, going to the school counselor and just talking about uh, neurological stops. And I was like, neuro what? And what she basically told me was that first she told me to identify the story that I was telling myself and to actually make notes of like the things I was telling myself about myself. And so whatever that was, you know, at that time, I started keeping tabs on times I told myself that I didn't belong somewhere. And I realized it was like way more times than I than I thought it was. Um, and then so she was like, that's step number one. Step number two is then to stop the thought and substitute in an alternate positive thought. And that like changed my life. Um, and she basically explained it as like, like biking down a path. Like the first time you bike down a path, if you look back, you might be able to kind of see your, your trail. But if you keep biking down that path every single day, you're eventually gonna create a rut and it's gonna become easier to bike down that path because you've done it so many times, it's created a rut. And it, at some point it almost seems like almost like you're in autopilot. And it's the same thing with negative thoughts mm -hmm. that you may be telling yourself about yourself. And so you create these negative neurological, basically like habits, I guess, like pathways you create in your brain um, of just telling yourself really negative things. And so she was kind of like, create a stop. First, you got to realize when you're doing it. You'd be like, oh, I'm telling myself something that's not true. Stop and then create an alternative and uh, whatever that may be, you know, and be like, I am accepted here. Um, or even maybe just telling yourself, like, I don't really know these people. There's no way they can't not accept me. They don't know me, you know? Why don't I go be known? Mm. Yeah, I think that's super cool. I remember you telling me about that, um, like, a while ago, about the stop signs in your brain. And I'm, I don't know. I never thought of it that way either, how to stop a negative thought. It's way harder than it sounds, obviously. Super hard. Yeah, and but then it becomes a habit once you do it enough and then your body your body, your mind just kind of morphs it already before you kind of even have a chance to recognize what it's doing. Yeah. Even just catching yourself in it is like the first thing and even just catching yourself can be useful and be like, Whoa, what am what's going on here? Like, what is this spiral? And I think if you think about it in terms of the the, the habit loop, right? It's it's that routine of the thought and then I guess in a negative habit loop, there is really no reward. It's just kind of like the cue is maybe walking into a space that I'm unfamiliar with and the routine is that thought. And 
there really is no reward, but it's the same feeling, right? Mm. Of like anxious, you know? Yep. Yeah. I had a thought. I want to tell you. What is it? I don't remember. Um, oh, yeah. I think once you become like when you told I remember when you told me that and you're like, you just have to put the stop sign up. I remember being like, OK, well, I'll try this. But then you're so much more aware of every negative thought that comes in your head because now you're trying to address it. Right. With a different a different avenue. Right. So like it's crazy how many negative thoughts come into your brain in a day. And that was kind of scary for me when I started trying the stop sign technique. Yeah, it is kind of scary. And then you're kind of like, what's wrong with me? Why do I keep telling myself these terrible things about right. me? Right. One thing I also think I find helps is if you're telling yourself bad thoughts to realize that like odds are other people are too. And so then to be like, I'm going to, you know, if they're not willing to or they're not able to to tell themselves positive things to do that for them, I think is just a really nice thing to do, you know, to realize that maybe everyone's kind of kind of going through it. Mm-hmm. And to be like, hey, I noticed that, you know, you're an awesome person. Keep it up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like we were talking today, this morning. Um, I have this weird, bad habit of putting on clothes that are baggy. And it's a look. It is, it's yeah. fashionable and whatever. And it's trendy or whatever. But I just, I don't know. I always just feel way more comfortable in baggy clothes than a tough like a form-fitting t-shirt or whatever like i will always pick the shirt that's probably three or four sizes too big for me then i would pick the shirt that actually fits and then it's like why why do i always pick that shirt why do i feel weird when i put on a shirt that actually fits my body i feel kind of exposed in a way so it's kind of having to retrain my brain to like put on that shirt that's form-fitting and just roll with it even if you do kind of feel uncomfortable because I think eventually you'll start to feel comfortable because your body's just I mean your brain is just getting used to it yeah totally and I think that then yeah to realize that for like other people if you're seeing them wear something they don't usually wear it might be the thing that they've always wanted to wear but you know they're trying to like step out of that that comfort zone and then to say like whoa you look awesome totally Totally. Yeah. It's definitely a work in progress. And I mean, everything is. So a bad habit that is one that's been around for a long time, it's going to take you a long time to get to that breakthrough moment um, that that habit won't exist anymore. You'll get there, but it's just you just have to be patient, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. It's like along the way, though, it's not like you're like, you know, down in the dumps the whole time, like even just being mindful of like, yeah, like, okay, I'm aware. At least now I'm aware of these thoughts. Yeah. And talking to someone you trust about it, too, is, is really helpful, too, I think. Being like, oh, I'm just having these thoughts. And then hopefully they're like, it's a lie. Yeah, totally. I read this book in the summer. They say a lot of the time you just have to get that stuff off of your chest, like the thought, the bad thoughts you're having, maybe a secret that's weighing on you. And just to, like, get it, speak it out loud. Sometimes you just need to speak it out loud. Speak your truth. Sure, yeah. Sometimes... Sometimes just like talking it through, even if that person you're talking through doesn't say one word, like just hearing yourself say it out loud. I mean, I I find that I always feel a lot better. Yeah, me too. That's why I love talking to Lauren. Lauren's a great listener. Thanks. So are you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, try my best. (laughs) I want to talk about the thing that impacted me 
the most from this book and it's called habit stacking so like mitchell said from his book they had the habit loop in this one he had cue craving response reward was his four so instead of cue routine reward it was cue craving response reward which i feel like is pretty similar yeah and i think that it's good that it's similar because it kind of shows that you know it, it checks out a bit. totally totally and i wonder if this guy read your guy's book Maybe. I'm sure they had a lot of the same resources. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, this one is habit stacking. So you would do after habit I need, I will habit I want. So example, you want to read the news in the morning, but you need to express more gratitude. So after I get my morning coffee, I will say one thing I'm grateful for that happened yesterday, which is your need. Then after that one thing I say that I'm grateful for, I will read the news, which is what I want. So you kind of do something that you don't want to do necessarily, but you need to do. And then you reward yourself with the thing you want to do. Yeah. And that is how you create good habits. So, for example, you don't want to work out, but you really want to hang out with your friend. First, you'll work out because that's what you need to do. And then you'll hang out with your friend, which chances are you'll be in a way better mood because you got the thing that you didn't want to do out of the way yep, first. Totally. I think that reminds me of something from this book also called uh, Keystone Habits. And this is like, was the most inspiring part of the book for me was that you may have like all of these habits you want to change. Like, like I want to work out, I want to eat right. I want to be more productive with my day, play less video games. Um, basically, what he says is like, as you start changing one key habit, one of the most important habits, all the other ones kind of follow suit. And then you're kind of like, oh, well, like I'm I'm working out now and I'm, the things I'm eating are kind of like counterintuitive to me working out. So maybe I'll cut back on, you know, some of those unhealthy things. And so, yeah, kind of like habit stacking where you like change one and then all of these other things kind of follow suit. Yeah. So those are, yeah, I guess two kind of similar parts. Totally. Uh, I think that this last thing I have written down is habits can be completed in a few seconds, but can continue to impact your behavior for minutes or hours afterwards, which I find super true. Yeah. Like in the moment, maybe you're doing something that you have to do and you really don't want to. But when you get it done, that feeling lasts way longer, probably, of like accomplishment. Yeah. Then it took you to get that one thing done. I always feel better. Like even working out, like even though you hate, you don't want to do it, but afterwards, always feel way better. Totally. Totally. They say that it takes like three weeks to create a good habit if you're consistent. So if like a lot of people would say like the gym would be one. So if you're like yeah. are consistent with the gym for three weeks, chances are it'll it'll just start to be incorporated into your everyday life naturally. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes with what you're saying too, with like changing your environment. Like, if you go to a place to work out, I think it probably makes it easier to work out. Totally. Because right? you're like, that's a whole, your brain is now like associating this place with this type of action. Like yeah. The workout. With COVID, it was so hard because I used to go to the gym every day and then I hated working out at home because it was like so many distractions. You see your TV, you see your couch, you see everything that. I just farted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mitchell. Sorry. Is this cereal? Probably. Anyways. Yeah, I hate I hated working out at home. And then all the gyms closed. And I was like, well, I created this routine of working out every day. I don't want to break it. 
So I have to make do with what I have. And it was hard. So, so, so hard at first. Like, I'd come down into the basin. I'd be like, oh, I hate this. Like, I have two five-pound dumbbells. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then it was just all things to YouTube. And now, I don't even go to the gym. I have a gym membership, and I don't even like to go there. Because I've created the habit down here for the last year that I enjoy being in the basement now, jumping around. And I like joining you sometimes. That's been awesome. Yeah, Mitchell and I do uh, Peloton if you are into at-home workouts. Peloton has an amazing app. It's The first month is free, so if you, sh- you should check it out because it's actually unbelievable. This is not an ad, obviously. We wish we wish it was. Honestly. That would be awesome. But it is the best um, fitness app I've ever seen, and I've tried many. It's true. Lauren has. It has spin classes, treadmill classes, like strength training classes, cardio classes, yoga, Pilates, meditation. Yeah. It has everything. Sweet deal, too. It's like 16 bucks a month after that first month, but it, unlimited. Yeah. So Mitchell and I do these treadmill boot camps on the weekends. Yeah, they're super fun. But that's one thing, too, that I find is like uh, with the whole like interrupting a habit. Like If you have a good habit and it gets interrupted by something, I just feel off. It throws everything. Like me and Lauren do this. We send each other like like a reading every day. And then we kind of do like a, like a mindfulness. Like we do a prayer yeah. to each other, each one of us, um, just over text. And on days when, on weekdays when we don't, things just, like if I forget, I feel like off. Like it feels, feels weird. Yeah, Mitchell's the one who sends it every morning. God bless his soul because... I'm I'm awful with that stuff. Lauren recently told me that sometimes she doesn't even she doesn't even read it sometimes. Okay, sometimes sometimes I'm busy and I'm running around trying to get ready for work or whatever and I'm like I just don't have time to read this whole page. She Lauren is very, like a really productive person. So No. I'm... She's got a lot going on. No, just as of recent. I mean for the last year I was out of a job. I was just in school, but now now I feel like I've got my mojo back. Yeah. Got the moj. I mean, I've always liked to keep busy. That's just like, I don't know. Everyone, my family makes fun of me because I like to be moving all the time. And Mitchell keeps up. So. I'm trying. I've, I've been trying to keep up. Yeah, thank you. It's made me, like, keystone habits. Like, I changed a lot of habits for the better after falling in love. <laughs> um, and it's been awesome. And I find that now I'm, like, the most productive I've ever been. And even, like in my last semester of school was writing like the best papers I'd ever written just because I was found I could be more focused and I, I guess I was more motivated too and more determined and was able to do have way better time management um yeah so thanks <laughs> you don't have to thank me that's all on you you help okay one thing I want to talk about from this book that's kind of crazy is pepsodent toothpaste Ooh, okay. this is a bit of a tangent but I wanted to tell people about yeah, it. Yeah, you should. It's a cool one. Okay, so there's this guy, Charles Hopkins, um, who used basically the habit loop to sell products. Um, so there was all sorts of like tooth elixirs and potions before this guy came along, but none of them really took off until they marketed Pepsodent, which is just toothpaste, by using triggers to create the habit of brushing teeth. So Hopkins needed to find a way to get people to use toothpaste more so that they would sell more toothpaste. So what he did was frame the coating that naturally accumulates um, on your teeth as a barrier to cleanliness. So saying that like the coating on your teeth means that uh, you're not clean or is that's going to make your teeth kind of turn turn yellow. 
Um, so everybody has this. Um, it's called mucin plaque. So it's the coating you feel over your teeth, kind of like a film. Um, and so you can get rid of you can get rid of it not even by brushing your teeth. You can just eat apples. Um, you can also just scrub it off. But at the time, toothpaste actually didn't do a whole lot to stop the coating from accumulating. The coating, though, was what they used as a marketing tool um, as the cue that it was time to brush your teeth. And so they framed this coating as the reason that teeth look yellow or that um, it would lead to tooth decay. And their ads asked people to feel the coating on their teeth and suggested it was something to get rid of. Um, so the cue is the coating. The routine is brushing. And the reward is feeling as though you have clean teeth or that you're like hygienic. This Charles Duhigg, I don't know how to say his name, he states that prior to Pepsodent, prior to the Pepsodent ads, 7% of people in America own toothpaste. And 10 years after that, it led to 65% of Americans having toothpaste in their homes compared to 7%. I think that's kind of crazy. That is super crazy. So just from an ad, people kind of fell for it. Yeah, and so they just tra- they just targeted your the habit cycle. And if you think about it, like if you make using toothpaste the habit, you're definitely going to use more of it. So when I was reading this about toothpaste, I actually thought about HIIT workouts. Just even reading some studies, um, random ones that the New York Times was just kind of posting a few stories about HIIT workouts and kind of how a lot of people who hate working out really like hit workouts so a hit workout is a high intensity interval training well when covid like when we went into our first lockdown back in like last year this time when yeah i was so confused and so thrown off my game what am i supposed to do uh my sister and i started doing these f45 hit workouts downstairs in the basement on youtube or on their app or whatever and yeah they were quick you were dripping sweat like because your endorphins were just pumping and i think that they're, they can be hard, they can be intermediate, they can be beginner. Like, it's really up to you, and there's so many out there. Yeah, and they get the job done quickly. Yeah, what is it about the hit workout that appeals to you? I don't know. I'm weird because if I'm not sweating, I feel like I didn't get a good workout in, which isn't necessarily true because you can, like, lift weights and you could not sweat at all, but you get an awesome workout in. But if I'm, like, not dripping, for some reason, I have it in my head that, like, I didn't work out. So these HIIT workouts crush me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like dripping sweat and you just feel so good and they're so difficult and they're quick. Maybe that's your reward is the sweat. Yeah. Maybe. Honestly, probably. Because, yeah, I'm just like, if I'm not sweating mentally, I didn't work out, which isn't true. Yeah. So what is a HIIT workout? A HIIT workout. So it's, like Mitchell said, high intensity interval training. So let's say it's a 30 minute HIIT workout. They have, let's say, 10 exercises that you do 30 seconds, 40 seconds each, one time through, then you take a little break, and then you would do it again so many times. So uh, it's like, yeah, intervals. Yeah. So pods. They call them, like, for F45, they called them pods. So they gave you nine exercises that you did for 45 seconds each, all in a row with no really rest in between, and then you'd have, like, a minute rest, and then you would do the next pod, and you do the pods four times. Yeah, like accomplishing a goal in 45 seconds instead of like 30 minutes like like I'm going to do a 30 minute workout having kind of like little spurts of success Mm -hmm. um, helps people who maybe haven't worked out before kind of get into it yeah it's cool because it's like a cardio based workout a lot of the time but hit hit workouts are really vague because there's so many out there you could do hit workout on a treadmill you could do hit workout with weights you could do hit workout with body weight but it's kind of cool because 
like a lot of the time it's cardio based, but also strength based because you're using your own body weight for the m- most yeah. most of the workouts. And so, yeah, I find that you can um, up your cardio game by doing those. You don't have to necessarily go for a run because I don't think many people like to run. Yeah, totally. I think you're super right. And so depending on how you work out, like someone just because someone's at the gym for like an hour, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to be any more or less strong than someone who's there for half an hour. It all depends how you're working right. out. Yeah, that is crazy. Not how long, how. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mitchell does these like speedy quick workouts and is just jacked. So I just. That's, I'm not jacked. It's obviously working. It's, I think that's probably pretty misleading. No, Mitchell's just jacked. Um, I do really speedy quick workouts though. And I just, just try and burn out everything. Cause I don't really like working out. So I'm like, I just want to get this over with. Often I just use the same, I've been using the same actually pound dumbbells for a year and a half. Um, just doing more reps with it because yeah, for me, yeah, that's one thing too. talk about negative thoughts. Um, I, I had a bad, bad relationship with working out for a little bit. So I just quit for a super long time. Um, and then, yeah, then I came back in and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the same workout every day for a year and not lift any more weight, even if I can do more. I'm just doing it for the sake of, like, moving my body. And that really helped me a lot. Yeah, totally. I think, like, just getting outside or walking or lifting weights or whatever suits you, but just to, like, yeah, move your body, I just think it brings such a better headspace. Um, yeah, it's not like I'm working out because I want, like, to in- my biceps to look this much bigger or to have this many abs but to just say like i know that if i work out for you know if you move your body for 20 to 30 minutes a day it's gonna have it's gonna improve my my physical state my mental state um and that's number one yeah and your lifelong longevity totally yeah which is and that's what they say like with these hit workouts because you're spiking your heart and bringing your heart back down and spiking your heart up again and back down like because the intervals uh, it just creates such a healthy heart because your heart can do these crazy patterns quickly. And that's one thing I've noticed. Like I'll finish my hit workout. My heart rate can be at like 170, 180. And within 30 seconds, it's down to 120. And then it just goes down super qu- quick. But that's just all about training your heart. And um, and that just means I have a healthy heart. Lauren has a super healthy heart. <laughs> Lauren's cardio is actually insane. Just kidding. We... I think, did we talk about this? We we run sometimes. In the summer, we like to run um, at the lake. We like to run to a coffee shop. I guess it's the only coffee shop with, I don't remember if we talked about this or not. No, but, I don't think so. Um, every time we go there, it's basically a gamble. We don't know. Yeah, it's really a coffee roulette. We have no idea. Like we've gone there. One time we were like, wow, this is good. Most of the time, we it's, it's not good. But yeah. it's the experience, you know? Yeah, it's fun. But anyways, we run there, and I'm dying. But tell me, I'm dead. And Lauren's just like, "All right, like, are we like running back or like?" No, I don't know. I just, I don't. I'm not. I don't really love to run. But uh, last year, once it got warmer, I was just running outside because yeah, I couldn't go to the gym, so I just started running outside, running outside, going to the park, and I don't know. Lauren's a machine. Like, I'm not a machine. Just can go, and yeah. like. Whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to keep up, but... No, Mitchell does keep up. I have to keep up to him. What always amazes me is I'm like, I'm dead, and my legs are probably, like, twice as long as yours. And I'm like, how do you do this? Like, 
<laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. Like, I'm, like, dying, having a hard time. My whole life, I had to keep up to everyone else. All my friends were, like, a foot taller than me. I remember, like, in grade 8, having to, like, literally jog next to my friends while they walked down the hallway because their legs, legs were so much longer than mine. Yeah, all my life, I've had to keep up. I'm not that short, but... No, but you're you're speedy and you can run for like a super long time. Well, but you. anyways, thanks for pumping my tires. Hey, no problem. Okay, well, habits are great. Yes. So if you want to take anything away from this podcast, it is the habit cycle. Q routine reward. Yep. And habit stacking, which I think is huge. So do what you got to do first. And then reward yourself with something that you want. You know, be kind to yourself. Yeah, be patient. And it's okay to fall down. Yep. And if you're telling yourself lies about yourself, um, you know, you're not the only one. But make sure to address those lies and be like, hey, this is not true. And it's okay to talk to somebody. That's like, I don't know, it's a vulnerable thing, of course. But yeah, and hopefully you have people you can talk to, you know. Totally. Not everybody does, which, which really sucks. But yeah, we're going to watch a movie. So we'll see you guys later. Okay, so yeah, that wraps up our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. We kind of were all over the map today, but yeah, well, it was fun. It was fun. And I hope something resonated with you. If you have any questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yep. I sound like a voicemail. <laughs> It's true, though. Anyways, yeah, please don't hesitate to reach out. We love, we'd love to hear from you. We would. Um, yeah, and enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.